Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. Today I've got an extra special guest on. We're talking about something a little bit different, more on the energetic, feminine side of things. I know we're used to the sciencey thing, but I'm absolutely so interested in this. And for those who don't know, Cassandra Wilder is a naturopathic doctor and the world's leading expert in women's cycles and menstruation. She travels around the world, leading retreats, seminars and courses to teach women how to take care of their bodies and work with their innate cycles and find balance. She's known for her passion and wisdom in women's wellness and reproductive health. She's a renowned expert in bridging the gap between science and spirituality, which I love. And she's also the CEO of Goddess Ceremony and the host of the Goddess Ceremony podcast. So you sound like my my type of person, Cassandra, (laughs) and I'm so excited to chat with you on this episode, but welcome. And why don't you start off by telling us a bit more about who you are and how you got into this speciality of women's health. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So like many of us, I didn't grow up feeling connected at all to my cycle and in fact had a lot of the symptoms that we see most women present today in terms of debilitating menstrual cramps, feeling really disconnected and really seeing zero significance in any of this. So I often joke if, you know, 10 years ago, you would have told me that I'd be teaching about this and so passionate about this, I would have never believed you because my own cycle was so all over the place and so irregular. Um, So it wasn't until I began to get my doctorate in naturopathic medicine and study more about the female body that I started to see more significance in it and began to realize how most of us never receive any form of education on our bodies. And it's very, very challenging, of course, to feel empowered about something when you don't understand it, especially when it's something as simple as your body and something that we're all going to experience every single month. So as I began to study that in more of these um, scientific approach in naturopathic school. I was also traveling, going to different countries like Guatemala to learn the more spiritual significance of menstruation and why in these cultures it was revered as the most sacred time of the month. And so I totally had my own like inner crisis wondering like, if this is so sacred, then why are we not taught about it? If this is such a powerful thing, then Why is there zero information about it anywhere? And so it really became my passion to start to weave together these two worlds. And then when I graduated and started seeing clients, I was just blown away at the connection between a woman's cycle and her overall level of fulfillment and empowerment. And I really graduated gung-ho to 
help women on a physical sense to help them, you know, relieve their cramping or their bloating or regulate their cycle or help them get pregnant. And then it would kind of turn into this like emotional counseling session instead, as we were talking about fulfillment and are they happy and do they feel like they have a higher purpose? And that's where I really started to see these two worlds fully intertwined to be empowered and to have purpose and fulfillment. There is a level of importance in reclaiming our cycle. Wow. Yeah. That's such an amazing story. And I'm also so passionate about women's health because you're right. In most places around the world, we're taught that it's the monthly curse, the, um, the thing that we should be scared of and hate every month. And it should be the worst week of our, our month, but it should actually be the most beautiful time. And I, I know for me personally, when I lost my period a number of times for different reasons, I've never felt less feminine and I felt less connected to my body and just felt overall not healthy. And there's obviously biochemical reasons behind that, but I just think you lose a part of yourself and it is an amazing sign of health. So are there any other signs and indications that women might be having an issue in this area? Yeah, there's a number of them. So in terms of physical symptoms, debilitating menstrual cramps is one of the biggest ones. And I think that's one that that at least tells most women that there is an imbalance, you know, when they're so pain ridden that they can't even get out of bed. But even if it's irregular, if it's all over the place, if it's super inconsistent, amenorrhea, like you said, or a cessation of menstruation is a massive sign that something is irregular. Infertility, certainly cysts, um, HPV, or cervical dysplasia, these would all be signs that there is something out of sync in the body and that needs to be addressed. But I also think there's a huge level of importance in talking about emotionally what it feels like to be disconnected. And as I mentioned before, the big words that I hear women say over and over are unfulfilled, depressed, anxious, and without purpose. And so if any of that resonates, then these are certainly things that you want to address. That is one of the questions that I ask in my intake form with clients. Do you have a, a meaning of purpose in your life? And I'm so surprised the amount of people who might have women who say no, and they seem to have it all. They have the money, they have the relationship, they have the children, the nice house, the holidays, and they're still feeling unfulfilled. So mm. yeah, that's a, a key factor and something that most women aren't aware of that there could be this spiritual um, energetic side of things as well but take one of those things like infertility for example how much of that do you think is the nutrition the lack of sleep the nutrient deficiencies as opposed to the lack of self-belief limiting beliefs trauma those types of mm. things you know it's so hard to say i think in every single woman it presents differently i've certainly worked with women that have done all the things in terms of all the supplements and the food and they eat all organic and they're super healthy and they meditate and you know they do everything they can check off those boxes of what they think they're supposed to do but under the surface you know there's a childhood trauma that they've never um, begun to reopen or there's some really intense beliefs that are holding them back and then on the other end of the spectrum there are people that have lived generally healthy lives emotionally but you know their cause for infertility may be more so the diet and things like that absolutely yeah i agree with that and why do you think it is that us in the western world are so it's such a taboo subject with periods and even when an advertisement for tampons comes on the TV, everyone's like freaking out, like close your eyes, like don't look at it, <laughs> as opposed to other cultures around the world where they see it as a blessing. Why is it so different? And when did that mm. begin? 
Oh, it's such a good question. I think we are afraid of what we don't understand. And women have been so disconnected for so many years, for hundreds of years. And this shift really happened when we began to, you know, change from more of a matriarchy to the patriarchy and to put a woman down. I think the easiest way to disempower a woman is to disempower her from her body. Mm -hmm. And so if we can teach women that, like you said, they've got the monthly curse, that they're gross, that they're dirty, that this thing is something you don't talk about. It's a really easy way to keep women suppressed. And that's why I think it's so amazing that now we are seeing more of this. And we see these companies, you know, for menstrual cups and uh, period panties like Thinks, and they are boldly sharing their message. And it's beginning to become more of a common topic. Even when I'm in super rural areas in the US, I'm amazed at how many women are now aware of products like this. And that to me is a sign that we're moving in the right place. Absolutely. It may be a slow progression, but at least we're getting somewhere. And I think it is just people being more open and podcasts like this, podcasts like yours, just getting that information out there and it becomes less of a controversial or taboo subject. Definitely. And I also see feminine and masculine energy playing into this i don't know if you see this too but particularly conditions like pcos um, which i work a lot with and i have it personally myself there is the physical and again hormonal side of things where androgens these male hormones are elevated and i always thought like is it because i'm too masculine in my um, mentality in my lifestyle like type a personality go 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 like intense exercise like do i need to reconnect more with my feminine energy and after trying some of those things with clients i did notice a huge difference do you see that as well absolutely absolutely i think you just touched on something so big because we live in a hyper masculine world and we are rewarded when we get super super masculine like you said go 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 Mm -hmm. make it happen hustle all these things that we hear about (laughs) And it causes us to work against our own bodies and it causes our hormones to shift. And then things like PCOS or infertility or simply burnout become the norm. And I think we can all think of people in our lives that are going through that or maybe ourselves. And how does a woman start to reconnect with some of those things? So if she's been brought up to think that her periods are dirty and something not to talk about with all of that ingrained in her mind, like how can you start to move away from that? It's a process for sure. And when I have women at retreats, sometimes they're really skeptical. They're like, I don't know. I don't know, Cassandra. (laughs) I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's possible for me to really love this thing that I've hated my entire life. So I think simply being open to having your perspective changed is really essential because we're so ingrained to think that this is gross, that it is painful, that it is taboo. And so if you can simply soften to the idea that maybe there is more to this, that maybe it is possible to experience a cycle and actually feel really empowered by it, that's a really essential first step. And then certainly to give them tools so that they can begin to alleviate most of the the painful side effects of their cycle. So if we can get rid of their cramping, if we can get rid of their bloating or their headaches or whatever, then I think it makes it really easy for them to start to celebrate it. So it's a process, but that openness is essential. Yeah, I think it's hard for them to feel that they love their cycle when they feel like absolute garbage the whole entire time. <laughs> they feel yeah, exactly. like they can't even leave the bed. It's hard for them to connect with that. So yeah, at least supporting the physical side of things. And with that, take menstrual cramps, for example, what would be your approach nutritionally, maybe supplementally as well and lifestyle? 
Yes, there's a number of ways we can go about it. One of my favorite is to approach it herbally because herbs tend to work really, really quickly. And I think as you and I both know, we want to see results quickly because that's what's going to keep a client or a person committed to the protocol. If they're seeing something happen immediately, they don't want to wait six months. It's just the way it is, unfortunately. So uh, red raspberry leaf tea and motherwort are two of my absolute favorites because those help to release any of the pulsating in the uterus during your cycle. And they also help to infuse your body with good iron and they help to kind of, uh, you could think of it like a sedative to relax the body, to release stress and to uh, decrease the amount of, of stress that we see in the brain. So those are really, really essential. And then also making sure again that they are using products that are not causing more issues. So the average powder tampon, I know this is kind of a tangent, but it's important. The average powder tampon is laced with chemicals that cause a woman to bleed more for a longer amount of time. And um, it's incredibly, incredibly sinister, the whole sanitary product industry. And we're seeing more and more studies come out showing that you can, you know, trace glyphosate, you know, a, a chemical that is now being found in pads and tampons. We know that they use xenoestrogens, things that obviously are terrible for your body, and mercury and dioxins. And when we use those, they cause more cramping because our body is literally trying to push them out and get rid of mm-hmm. them. So it increases the amount of contractions, you could say, in the uterus. So generally, if I can get someone on some good herbs, if I can support them in changing that mindset or their perspective just a little bit, and then switch them to a menstrual cup or even just organic pads and tampons, usually within one cycle, they see probably a 75% reduction. Absolutely. Yeah, it's magic when you see those changes. And the I've seen it as well with going from conventional tampons and pads, and then upgrading a little bit to the organic. And they've noticed a massive improvement even with things like utis and thrush infections and bv and then even going further and supporting the environment as well with something like a menstrual cup so it's less wasteful and usually even more hypoallergenic or less irritating overall and people are like shocked how much of a difference it makes and i use a menstrual cup and have for like a good year or two and i can never go back to a tampon now so right crazy yeah it takes a little bit of getting used to but they really do save you stress and thinking about it i don't even notice that i'm on my period when i use a, a menstrual cup better for the planet saves money so many benefits with right. those yeah so many wins yeah and then with the herbs as well so you mentioned two herbs would that be something that you take month long or just when symptoms appear or maybe preventatively i know it's different for everyone yeah yeah i think a great way or a great habit is to take especially red raspberry leaf tea every single day and to take that you know in the evenings or in the mornings or whatever you know to weave it into your routine but just drinking that throughout the month will ensure you have enough iron and it will already be nourishing your uterus so when you have your cycle it'll be far far less painful and the motherwort's a nice one to add in during your cycle, especially if you feel like your cycle puts you in bed because mm-hmm. it's so painful. Yeah. And with the red raspberries, most people link that to pregnancy. Like they only think they can drink it in the third trimester of pregnancy, but definitely not the case. It's going to help. Um, I think the, the term is tonify the uterus and yeah. help with the um, the bleed and then during pregnancy help with the labor. So it has so many benefits. So you can drink it anytime exactly yeah and what about so yeah what's your dietary approach as well 
a high amount of fats. So mm. fat is essential for hormone health. And so unfortunately, you know, the 90s, at least in the US, were yeah. terrible. Same here. Right? Okay, <laughs> we learned that fat was horrible and you must be all carb. And um, that causes so many hormonal imbalances. So if we can nourish our body with lots of healthy fats like coconut oil and organic butter and olive oil and, you know, avocados, that gives our hormones the building blocks that they need so that they stay in balance. And that way, everything else will be affected. Yeah. And can you touch on a bit on the omega-3 to omega-6 issue and how that can influence like cramps and the prostaglandins in the body? Yeah, absolutely. So this is where fish oil is, you know, becomes such a big thing because it is so nutrient dense. And when we're using these high quality fish oils and taking in these high quality fats, they are allowing us to reduce stress in the body. They're allowing us to have more balance in our hormones and they do amazing things for brain and gut health as well. So essential for every single person to be using something like that. I agree. And avoiding the rancid, trans fats, inflammatory, canola oil, um, soybean oil, all of those terrible things. And if you're avoiding Mm -hmm. processed foods, you're already doing a pretty good job at doing that. But just reading packets because they hide that stuff in everything these days truly truly especially fast food yeah Yeah. everything's fried in it and even restaurants like they're not going to spend a ton of money on organic coconut oil to cook your meals so even if you go to a restaurant they're probably cooking in not great oils which is sad but yeah i think the 80 20 rule comes in at that point as well in my um in my opinion anyway yeah we're all human we gotta have fun sometimes. exactly yeah <laughs> and with menstruation as well um we're really connected to the lunar cycle as women mm-hmm. so women have a usually 28 on average day cycle the lunar or moon cycle is around 28 days so can you talk about the connection between women and the planet women and the sun and moon how it affects us Totally. This is one of my favorite things to teach about because we see the lunar phases are typically 29 and a half days and women cycle with a 29 and a half day cycle typically as well. And when women ask me, you know, how can these two things be correlated or what is the connection between them? I say everything, everything about you from your mood to your hormones, to your libido, everything is directly correlated to the lunar phases, whether we're aware of it or not. And so especially when we start to understand the lunar phases, the new moon, full moon, and all the phases in between, it gives us a roadmap to understand ourselves and how we can honor and take care of ourselves. So like we talked about earlier, being in such a hyper-masculine world, most of us learn that we have to be productive, go, 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 be super active. And that ultimately, for most of us, will cause depletion, burnout, overwhelm, and uh, that phase where we just throw our arms up in the air and say, well, I don't know what to do. When we look at the moon phases, we see the times to be productive, to be creative, to do, to you know, be really active. And we also see the times when the most productive thing you can do is rest and be still and honor your body. And you know, maybe to throw out a, a really popular word, you know, practice self-care. And so when you look at the lunar phases, you, tr- you truly do have the roadmap for your own healing and your own success in honoring your feminine flow. And if you're not using birth control, what's amazing is simply by having awareness about the lunar cycle, your cycle typically will start to change and come into alignment with the moon phases. So it's again, something science can't explain, but I think that's what makes it even cooler. There is obviously a massive connection. And just by having that awareness, 
likely your menstrual cycle will start to link up around the new moon time, which is the time when most cultures around the world would bleed with the new moon. And I think the theory is as well, we ovulate with the full moon. I don't know if this is just people um, theorizing what's going on, but the full moon, full moon representing romance and love. And that would be the time that we were out of the cave and we would be able to see our mates in the moonlight. And that's when we'd have sex and have a child. So do you agree with that? Have you heard that as well? Totally. Yeah. And even today, it's still true. You know, the mm-hmm. midwives say more babies are made on a full moon than any other time and more babies are born on a full moon than any other time. Interesting. So there's, there's a big correlation. Yeah. And I've just noticed your necklace as well. Lovely new moon necklace, which I'm loving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Fits in really well. And <laughs> another thing that can be added with that, with the cycling things in and out would be seed cycling. Mm-hmm. I know some people swear by it. It got them pregnant it got their period back some people it didn't make any difference it just made them more stressed where do you stand with that you know for most people i do see giant benefits and yeah it's using i've seen different theories but generally it's using one type of seed for one week and doing different seeds through the four weeks and i think the big thing i'm noticing is they must be raw and they have to be organic and ideally even sprouted so Mm. i wonder when people aren't seeing success if you know maybe they're using something that's salted or you know um, what's the word I'm looking for roasted Roasted, yeah Uh but I have seen huge benefit in that yeah and the theory behind that is that I think it's flax and I always get them mixed up flax and pumpkin for the follicular phase so for the first half of the cycle to support estrogen creation and detoxification and then the second half so the luteal phase would be sunflower and sesame Mm -hmm. I'm sure I've got those right forgive me i'll put some links in the show notes for the blog post <laughs> but that second half would support progesterone production so you're right some people um get really i know one client she got really stressed out because she was i think she had a snack bar and there was sesame seeds in it but she was in a follicular phase so she was like <laughs> can i eat this or not I'm like just just eat the bar she's like I'm gonna go without any food i was like it's gonna help in some ways but it may not be the thing for you so if you've tried a lot of things it may be the cherry on top of the cake but i don't it's going to do much if you aren't sleeping if you're using toxic chemicals so that may be another reason why people mm. don't see benefit so exactly yeah exactly and another thing that could be used is i think we've kind of alluded to this as well with the um, cyclical nature of our um our menstrual cycle with the moon and times to be more active and productive times to rest and go more introverted And there's a term like cycle syncing. Is that what you mean by that? So do you revolve your life around your menstrual cycle? I know some people are very extreme with this and they won't schedule a meeting if they're on the period because they want to be on their own. But um, I've personally been through a phase and it really works well. And I tend to do this more more with my exercise, not really anything else yet because I have to be productive pretty consistently. It can be hard, Um, but I do it mainly with my exercise now. So when I'm on my period, I just do walking or I do gentle stretching and things. And then as I'm feeling a bit more energetic, my hormones are increasing. I ramp it up a bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you're bringing awareness to the exercise because it's not just work life. It's everything that mm-hmm. we can uh, connect to the moon phases. I'm always envious of these people that like completely live with their their I cycle, know. you know, where they're I like, know they I, I know <laughs> they like go offline for five days and no. like they're completely in it. I mean, I I think it sounds amazing, but for most of us, that's just not 
the reality. And so I think finding a way to honor it in any way, big or small, is crucial. So for a lot of women, I think just having permission to practice self-care and to be gentle with themselves during their menstrual time is revolutionary for them. And like you said, just changing your exercise routine, maybe on your period, it's not the best thing to go to a CrossFit class or I don't know, is that an American thing to say? No, no, we have it. We've been (laughs) very influenced by the US. We probably have all of the things that you have. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing. We've infiltrated everywhere, I guess. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. So it's everything you do. And there is so much wisdom and there is so much healing that happens when we do slow down with our menstrual time or the new moon time and listen to our body and really bring that awareness to what we need in any given moment, down to what we eat, to how we exercise, to what we can carve out to really honor ourselves. Doing that is absolutely life-changing. Yeah. And could you give us like a sample month? So what when someone's on the period what are some, some maybe self-care things that should, they should be doing what type of exercise maybe what foods they should focus on throughout all the different really? phases yeah oh yeah all right so new moon time we'll say is your menstrual time and i should preface this and say there's nothing wrong with menstruating at any other time of the month yeah. this is just when most cultures did mm-hmm. and for the sake of this example it just makes it easier So new moon time, menstrual time, this is when women tend to feel the most introverted and also when we see this dip in our energy. And that's why when we're on our cycle, we kind of don't want to talk to anyone. And we really just want to be on the couch, right? With some, a good book and maybe Mm -hmm. a nice bar of chocolate. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, And this is the most important time for us to practice self-care. And self-care is just anything that revitalizes you and nourishes you. So it could be going for a walk. It could be reading a book. I'm all about the hot baths. Those are my favorites. And it's just a time for you to be quiet, to be still, to listen to yourself, to set good boundaries. Maybe that means saying no to that work party. Maybe that means saying no to seeing, you know, someone. And instead, listening to what you need. Then as we start to move into the waxing moon phase, we start to feel like we're kind of coming out of the, out of the cave. It's like a, a spring-like energy. If we think of the menstrual time as winter, this is when we start to feel like we're coming alive. And this is a beautiful time to start to increase our activity levels. We might start to feel slightly more extroverted and a really good time to start to plant seeds and intentions for our month. So especially for those of us that are entrepreneurs or have our own businesses, a great time to set your goals and your intentions for the month, knowing that as we move into the full moon time, we'll have more energy and activity. Uh, And diet-wise, I think this is a great time to start to add in more healthy fats as well. Mm Then as we move into the full moon time, this is our big expansive time. And just like if we, you know, imagine the full moon, she is bold and unapologetic. And she doesn't say like, well, I actually don't want anyone to see me today or something. She shows up always consistently. And we feel that too, our most extroverted time of the month and the time when we have the most energy. Our libido is higher. We tend to feel the most sensual. It's a really powerful time of the month. And this is the time of the month to do and be productive and create and make it happen. Um, During the full moon time, this is often when I'm doing 10, 12 hour days, but it feels okay for me Mm -hmm. because at other times of the month, I'm slowing down. So it's all balanced. And a really, really good time to have follow through with your goals and what you're doing in your life. Then as we move into the waning moon, we start to pull down once again. After our ovulation time, we tend to feel a dip in our energy. And once again, this is a really powerful time to complete and finish tasks. So to get everything complete, everything 
sorted away so that as we move into the new moon time, we do have that space to really slow down to, you know, maybe ultimately be the kind of person that disappears from the world for three days or something, right? That's the goal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and a great time to start working with your teas and your herbal infusions like the motherwort and the red raspberry leaf to give your body the tools it needs to have a healthy cycle. Perfect. And with the menstrual week or however long it is as well i always said that it's normal to feel more introverted and want to rest more it shouldn't be any of these things shouldn't be to the extremes so you shouldn't feel suicidal or like you don't even want to leave the house because your emotions are so all over the place so i just wanted to put that out though mm. it should be some natural fluctuations but it shouldn't be that your mood is completely going up and down the whole month long or it's making you have time off work or take painkillers for whatever reason, um, it shouldn't be to those extremes. So yeah, love that explanation though. I love the um, this connection between the, the seasons and our female health. Mm -hmm. That's a great one. And then on the subject of, we've spoken about shame around menstruation. I also wanted to, to talk a bit more about shame around sexuality, because I think that's mm -hmm. a huge one as well. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're um, bisexual or gay in any way, like just female sexuality could you talk a bit more about that how prevalent do you see it being a problem and again how how can we start to overcome some of these things yes shame is so prevalent in our culture and you know especially in terms of your menstrual cycle most women didn't have an empowering experience around their first menstrual cycle I've heard all the stories like, you know, the day you were always wearing the white pants, that's the day you got your yep. first cycle <laughs> or you were at your dad's house and you had to tell him and he was totally grossed out or something. So there's typically a huge amount of shame to our cycle, but it goes so much deeper than that. There is this innate amount of shame and guilt that sadly comes with being a woman anymore in this world. And so many of us are trying to navigate what it means to be empowered and what it means to feel truly at peace in who we are. Um, while not really having a lot of role models or a lot of examples of what that even looks like. So when we see shame in the body, we see physical manifestations typically. And there's a really amazing scale. I wish I could demonstrate it better in this moment, but it talks about like the different range of emotions in the human body and the ones that are the most healing. And that's, you know, like gratitude and love and appreciation and things like that. And the ones that are the most disruptive to our health and the two bottom ones are shame and guilt. And I think it just beautifully illustrates how it is so much more than, than just not feeling good in your body. It is this deep, deep resentment of self that creates these physical manifestations. And so I haven't seen any studies of this, but in my own practice, I've definitely seen a correlation between shame and infertility and shame and uh, PCOS. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that as yeah, well. Absolutely. That's a, yeah. a common one, whether it is for religious reasons so people have been told that they can't have sex until they get um, married or they have health issues or disabilities or it's just learned beliefs from parents they tend to be the most common things and even i've to some extent gone through some of these issues myself i think most people have to some varying degrees as well um not any sexual trauma or anything like that what which i want to touch on but just um certain beliefs and limiting beliefs those types of things and I was just looking then for a book that I really like and recommend on this subject. 
um, would be the Christian Northrop one, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom. So good. Yeah, that is the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> For it's real. like the thickest book ever, but it's great. I refer back to it all the time. It's and, so good. Yeah, that talks about different conditions like endometriosis and how that can be related to a certain emotion or certain pattern and limiting belief. And same with fertility, like you just mentioned, shame and guilt. That's really important though. So how does someone... Are there any resources that you recommend? Would it just be like therapy, talk therapy, um, acupuncture, like energy medicine to help get those emotions released? All of the above. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I do think there's a huge amount of power in speaking what has held us back. And so I think, you know, working with a mental health professional is so vital. And even in the retreats and circles that I've worked with, I do think there is so much power in just speaking our story in being honest and transparent and vulnerable in the experiences we've had, because often we feel like we are alone, like no one will ever understand it. And it's not until we speak it that we realize how common it is. And then we have that support system and that true, that true um, empathy, because we often will understand exactly what this other person has gone through. So I think that is vital. And I do think there is huge, huge benefits in, you know, the energy medicine in, um, trauma release therapies. There's a really interesting one called TRE or trauma release exercise. And that is based on the theory of shaking. And um, the idea that, you know, when an animal say is almost eaten or something, it typically will go and lay down and shake almost, you know, like vigorously shake. Mm -hmm. And that's how, you know, the little deer or whatever is able to process the trauma and then move on with its life. And we even see children do that when a child or a baby's upset, they shake and they kind of have this, this thing and then they move on with their life. And as adults, we learn that that's not okay. We have to be composed. We Mm -hmm. have to have it all together, right? We can't have weakness. And so that's a fascinating therapy as well that I've seen unlock a lot of trauma that we may not even consciously remember. I've heard of something similar with the eye rapid movement. I forgot the name. It's like DMRSA or something like that, where they Mm. move the eyes back and forth and that uh, signals a part of the brain to go into these um, hidden emotions and the subconscious or things like tapping emotional freedom technique. That's another one. So some of these like physical practices, even Reiki can be a good thing. So any, any imbalances, any emotions, I like to refer to it as dis-ease in the body can lead Mm -hmm. to dis-ease and yeah, Reiki I've been to a few times and afterwards I would get the worst headache ever. And she told me that I had a, blockage in my crown chakra I didn't I had no idea what she was talking about at the time but afterwards mm. I had the worst headache for like two hours and I never get headaches so it's like whoa that's really really done something and yeah. my mum's told me when she was younger she had Reiki done the one time and she wasn't due on a period or anything but after the the session was over she had the heaviest period ever and it was she'd only just had a period so it was like her body was releasing something so crazy Whoa. stuff. Yeah. I love stories like that. I know. <laughs> I'm scared to go back. I'm like, oh God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel terrible afterwards. I need to like take the day off work or something. <laughs> but yeah, I think people, like you said, they narrow in too much on the nutrition and the even herbs. They can be helpful, but people just want to focus on that. And then they don't get to the deep stuff, but this can often have the most benefit a lot of the times. Exactly. Yeah. And is there any other 
Uh, before we move on to just some final few questions, is there anything that we've missed that you want to talk about in terms of periods, menstrual cycles, um, shame, femininity, anything like that? I think the biggest thing I would just encourage any woman that is listening to this is to truly be open to seeing the power of your cycle and remembering that when you listen to your cycle, you do have the roadmap to your own healing. And it is possible to have a cycle that you actually enjoy. And it is possible to feel empowered throughout the month. And especially if you are feeling like you are uh, lacking purpose, or if you feel like you have no idea who you are or what you're meant to do in this world, this is the first step in understanding who you are. Yeah. And I've read from you before, you believe that connecting to your menstrual cycle will transform your life. And again, people will be like, shut up you've got no idea (laughs) you're probably one of those lucky people without any problems at all but i'm sure that once they start to work on some of these things they will realize that it's just a bit of a a barrier at the moment and social conditioning like we've been speaking about exactly so just a few other subjects i wanted to talk about your thoughts on things like vaginal steaming jade or yoni eggs I've never looked into any of those things personally or tried them, but I know that they can be, um, again, game changers for a lot of people and people swear by them. What do you think? Is it like disrupting our body in some way or is it actually healing and helping us? It's a great question. When they are used appropriately, they are incredible healing tools. Vaginal steaming is one of my favorite modalities. It's, it's absolutely incredible what is capable of healing when we use high quality herbs and steam. And so if you've never heard of vaginal steaming, um, essentially all you're doing is making a big pot of tea. So you're using different organic herbs, boiling that, and then putting that on the floor waiting until the steam has cooled, obviously, and then squatting over that. And you can buy fancy yoni stools and stuff that, you know, allow you to sit, but there's a big hole cut out Mm -hmm. in the middle. And you sit there for 15 to 30 minutes and the steam rises up into your vagina and then ultimately likely up into your cervix and womb. And it's one of those modalities that I feel like you don't comprehend how powerful it is until you do it yourself. I just had a session with a client yesterday and We've been working to heal her cervical dysplasia and her HPV, and our main modality was the steaming, and she just came back clear. And I know that's like a a bold statement, and I'm not saying that's the, the key for everyone, but to me, that just continued to reiterate how powerful this really is. And especially with anything cervix related, it is incredible. Um, certainly there are times when you don't steam, you never ever steam when you're menstruating or pregnant because that's going to soften the cervix and cause issues. And if you have an IUD, you do have to be really careful. Some women have had them fall out. Um, and if you like, you know, if you know what an IUD Mm. looks like, they got like little claws on them. So it's like not a good thing (laughs) for it to fall out. No, it's not going to feel good. Um, so steaming is amazing. One of my favorite modalities. And I think it's great for the physical cleansing. And then yoni eggs or jade eggs, I think, are amazing for more of that emotional stuff, for the shame, the trauma, for sexual abuse of any kind. It's really powerful to help us begin to create more of a healing environment in that space. So they're essentially high quality crystals that are inserted into the vagina like you would a tampon. And the muscles inside of your vaginal canal hold it inside of you. And from there, you can do, you know, things similar to Kegels, where you're lifting and dropping your pelvic floor. So it's a really nice thing after birth, Mm -hmm. if you feel like things are a little loose down there or 
a lot of women, even that haven't had children, tend to have weak pelvic floors anymore because we sit, yeah. we don't squat, we sit on our butts. Mm -hmm. And so if you, you know, pee your pants when you do a jumping jack, yeah. that is a sign. You need a yoni egg. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> and are these, yeah. I'm guessing these are both things that you can just do at home. You don't need to go to like a spa or anything. Yeah, totally. Okay. Though there are a lot of spas that are starting to do vaginal steaming, but before you go in and, you know, put your health into someone else's hands, do just ask some good questions mm. um, because not all spas know what they're doing. They're kind yeah. of hopping on an opportunity. Yeah. And the, do you know of any of the essential oils that are used? Are the particular herbs that are beneficial? I'm guessing to avoid things like tea tree and some of these yes. more potent ones yeah yes so that's a key thing you just said we don't ever use uh, essential oils ah, because okay. they're too caustic in the steam and so we're using like raw herbs like a like you would think of a tea and some really nice ones that are good for just about everyone are uh, red raspberry leaf would be mugwort lavender chamomile um, lemon balm and these are all that are going to help tone the vaginal canal and also help to you know address any bacterial imbalances, any cervical imbalances. It's amazing. Hmm. Yeah, I'm glad I asked that question. I would have I would have been lifting out no. the essential oils. <laughs> be like, Cassandra, yeah. I burned oh, no. my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have been um, a fun experience. So yeah, I'm glad that no. question came up. <laughs> and then just final questions I want to ask a bit more about you personally, just so we can get to know about you. And the first one is, what's one thing that you do every day to stay in hormonal harmony? Mm. tea is my favorite thing mm -hmm. every single day um my big ones are red raspberry leaf and nettle which is like a, it has every mineral your body could ever need and milky oats and those mm -hmm. are very high in calcium and magnesium so those are my favorites and they help me stay balanced in my cycle they help me have next to zero cramping when i do bleed but then also keep me mineralized throughout the month so i'm a huge tea person great and I think any little small opportunity to take care of yourself or practice self-care, I feel like a broken record saying that over and over. No, no. People, need to, people need to hear it. Yeah, it's so essential. And whether that's just taking a few minutes to put a little more love into your lunch or drinking that tea or going for that little walk on your lunch break, whatever little thing you can do to take care of yourself is truly the best routine. Agreed. And with the tea, do you buy tea bags is there a brand that you like or is it that you buy bulk dried herbs and do it yourself i usually do the bulk dried herbs just yeah. it's more cost effective when you make so much tea and you can either you know just put them into a big mason jar and then strain it after or if you have a french press you know if you're like mm -hmm. a coffee yeah. person then that's a super easy way because you can just press the herbs down and get the, the tea are there any brands for bulk herbs that people can buy or tea bag brands if they're just in the supermarket and want to pick something up totally there's a really great website called mountain rose herbs mm. and they do all organic i'm pretty sure they ship worldwide they're based mm. in the u.s uh, but wonderful wonderful quality herbs and you know you can buy five pounds or ten pounds or whatever you want it's amazing yeah uh, at the store there's it's like a, what's it called herbal traditions mm -hmm. maybe is that the brand oh traditional medicinals that's yes yeah. exactly yeah. it's yeah. a really nice good organic brand good and that's um i don't think that's available in the uk or elsewhere um one that's pretty worldwide would be poker herbs i don't mm. know if you've seen that one as well that is a uk company but they're expanding a little bit and yeah that would be my top two recommendation 
for herbal teas and organic is really important, especially if you're doing the vaginal steaming. You yes. don't want any pesticide residue anywhere near that area. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and is there a favorite resource book on the subject of either femininity, sexuality, hormonal health that you want to recommend to the listeners? Mm, so many. Well, if you're wanting to learn more about your cycle and also how to, you know, understand maybe more of your, your menstruation as well as your ovulation or learn how to track your cycle, there's a wonderful book called Taking Ch- Charge of Your Fertility. And it's just a good go-to Bible for anything to do with your body. Uh, herbally, anything by Susan Weed is amazing. She is an incredible herbalist and she does a really great job again of blending the, the folklore of herbal medicine with the science. So she is wonderful. And one of my favorite books for just understanding the power of the feminine and really starting to reclaim our power and passion and purpose is Women Who Run With the Wolves. Yeah. It is, a I think, an essential yeah. for any woman. No, these should all be reading materials in schools, not, right. the, not the tampon talk or the sex ed lessons that we get these days. They're just terrible. So giving every woman a book to read like that those three i've not heard of the the herbalist so i'll have to check her stuff out i hope it's not like too over my head all of the names and everything but i love her so yeah i think it would be right up your alley great and third question is what's your go-to breakfast so you're loving your healthy fat so what do you typically have i typically make big veggie scrambles so like onion and bell pepper and zucchini and maybe some mushrooms and then maybe some sweet potato or something like that cooked in coconut oil with lots of good sea salt oh it's so good yeah Yeah. i'm hungry i know just listen to that it's nearly my evening meal time so i'm working up an appetite right now and last question cassandra is where can people find more about you online so tell us about your podcast your website are you on social media? Let us know. Totally. So if you're interested in learning more about the retreats or the podcast or anything like that, you can go to goddessceremony.com and that's an amazing resource. We do a new blog every single day too. So if you're just curious about anything to do with the divine feminine or your health, it's a cool resource. And then if you want to learn more about my work as a naturopathic doctor or you know how I weave together understanding your menstrual cycle and overall levels of fulfillment and empowerment, you can go to CassandraWilder.com. And you can also find both those on Instagram at Goddess Ceremony and at CassandraWilderMD. Perfect. And I'm sure people are wanting to get in touch with you. And I'm right, you're based in Utah, but do you see um, patients worldwide? I do. Yeah. Yep. Oh, great. Perfect. So thank you so much. This has been a great conversation and again, some of my favorite subjects. So I'm happy that you, we arranged this and the universe brought us together. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hormones in Harmony podcast. If you like this episode, please leave me a rating and review as this helps to spread the word to other women dealing with hormone imbalances. As a massive thank you gift, I'll send you a free guide, Six Steps to Hormonal Harmony, All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review, then email it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com and I'll send you the link to download this free guide. If you haven't already, check out my website vivanaturalhealth.co.uk and Instagram page at vivanaturalhealth for tons more free content and inspiration. You can also schedule a free 30-minute hormone troubleshooting call to find out the next steps to take in order to overcome your symptoms naturally. See you back here next week for another episode.